This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm delighted to go digging for gold with you in the unmatched, powerful, restorative, and miraculous Word of God. The name of our current Bible study is Guide Your Mind, Guard Your Heart, Grace Your Tongue, and you're listening to Lesson 12. Today, we will be continuing to discover what the Bible has to say about the words that we speak. You know, my biggest regret in life is the words that I've spoken to people whom I love dearly. I want to at last be able to control my tongue with the power that's in the Word of God. But before we dig into today's Bible study, I'd like to remind you that I speak all across America at women's events, conferences, retreats, and churches. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, you can contact me at Carol at carolmccloudministries.com or by calling 855-569-5433. That's 855-569-5433. But now let's begin. Welcome to Lesson 12 of Guide Your Mind, Guard Your Heart, Grace Your Tongue. studying the power and the impact that our words have on the life we live and on those around us. For me, it's a very sobering topic because I know as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, and even as a friend that I have spoken things in frustration and in anger and in disappointment that honestly should not have come out of my mouth. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? So in preparation for this Bible study, for this time together, I have repented and I have asked Jesus to help me do better. Honestly, I want my words to be a thing of beauty. I want my words to bless people and to honor God. That's the purpose of our words. Okay, let's dig in today to Proverbs 13, verse 3. He who guards his mouth keeps his life, but he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. So this verse says, as you guard your mouth, you will save your life. This this verse says he will keep his life, which means he will save his life. You will keep it free from harm and from disaster if you would only guard your mouth. If you open up your lips and just spew every thought, feeling, and opinion in anger and disgust and disappointment, my friend, you're setting yourself up for destruction. And let's just pause here for a minute. This does not just refer to the verbal things that come out of our mouth, but let's talk about social media for a minute. What are you writing on social media? Listen, if you're critical and angry on social media, these verses apply to you because those phrases, those thoughts, they're coming out of your heart and out of your mind. You might not be speaking them verbally, but you're communicating them to the world around you. So guard your mouth. And in that manner, you will save your life. Let me read you Proverbs 13, 3 one more time. He who guards his mouth keeps his life, 
but he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. So as I said, if you open up your lips and just spew every thought, feeling, opinion, and word of gossip and criticism, you're setting yourself up for destruction. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 13.3 isn't actually talking about the person who is the target of your words. This verse is talking about the person who is speaking the words. So it's talking to you. Your words have the power to determine your very destiny. Let me read you from Isaiah 41, verses 22 through 23. Declare to us what is going to take place. As for the former events, declare what they were, that we may consider them and know their outcome. Announce to us what is coming. Declare the things that are going to come afterwards. So the Lord is talking to his people in these verses through the prophet Isaiah, and he's instructing them. He's saying, this is what you can do with your words. You can declare what will take place in the future. You can talk about what happened in the past and you consider all the things that happened to you, but you can also announce what is coming. Now, listen, I am not talking about fantasy or ridiculous delusions. Um, There was a girl from our church in North Carolina who said that God had told her that she was going to marry a very famous Christian singer who at the time was Mr incredible on the Christian music scene. And we all knew it wasn't true. We all knew that there was no way. So I'm not talking about declaring ridiculous things, but what we do is we use our tongues to declare God's words in determining our future. We get our tongue in agreement with the word of God, just like we got our thought life in agreement with the word of God. So what should come out of our mouths? I will live and not die. I will declare the glory of the Lord. What should come out of our mouths? But my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. What should come out of my mouth? Children are a blessing from the Lord and I am blessed. Matthew 12, 36 reminds us of this sobering thought. Get get ready for a little bit of dry mouth here as I read this scripture to you. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak they shall give an accounting for in the day of judgment. This verse causes me to shake in my boots. You know, so often when I'm teaching the word, I'll say, oh, this is my favorite Bible verse, or this is my favorite Bible verse. I have so many favorite Bible verses that honestly, I have lost count. However, Matthew 12, 36 might be my least favorite Bible verse. These are the words of Jesus. And he tells me, that every single word that I've spoken, every single word that I will ever speak, I'll have to give an accounting for on the day of judgment. Every unkind word that I've spoken to my husband, I'm going to have to answer for those words. Every sassy word that I said as a teenager to my mom, I'm going to have to tell Jesus why I said it. Every word of gossip that I've repeated, I'm going to have to go face to face with Jesus and explain myself. Every critical word that I've spoken about people made in the image of God, I'm going to have to tell the one who created them why that was my opinion. Every word of worry or anxiety that comes out of my mouth, I will be held accountable for it. Every impatient word that I ever spoke to my toddlers, I'm going to have to tell Jesus why. And honestly, in that moment, 
I I know what I'm going to be thinking. I'm going to be thinking, what was I thinking? Why did I talk like that? Why did I say that? Listen, the good news is this. When we repent, all of that will be under the blood of Jesus Christ. When I repent for my sassiness to my mom or my frustration with my husband or my impatience with my toddlers or the gossip I've spoken over friends, if I get on my knees and repent and say, Jesus, forgive me, then that will be under the blood on the day of judgment. Isn't that great news? Proverbs 12, 23, he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. If your heart's desire is to live a trouble-free life, then this is how you do it. You guard your mouth and your tongue. You refuse to say everything that you think, feel, and believe. You don't always have to have the last word. You don't always have to say your side of the story. One time, my husband and I um, were in a very difficult situation with a church that we pastored, and we parted from the church. Our hearts were pure, but we were accused of all kinds of things that just weren't true. Our hearts were broken. We were on our faces before God, and and the, the angst continued from the church's side and the accusations. And Craig and I purposed in our hearts three things. We will not tell our side of the story. We won't defend ourselves. We will walk in victory and we will choose joy. Because we knew that we did not have to tell our side of the story for God to know our hearts. We knew that we didn't have to defend ourselves, that we could allow the Father to defend us. So we decided to guard our mouth and our tongue. And you know what? I think that it kept us from a heap of trouble. So are you guarding your mouth and your tongue? Your heart actually does not do a very good job guarding your tongue. Your heart doesn't want to be guarded. So why should we trust our heart to guard the words that we speak? It's in this situation that your spirit has to step up and call the plays. Your spirit has to say, oh no, you will only speak the word of God. Oh no, you will not gossip. Oh no, you will not exaggerate. Your spirit has to have the final word on what words you get to say. Now, again, one more reminder from the scripture that we just read, Proverbs 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. Once again, the Holy Spirit is not talking about the people on whom you spew your venom. The Holy Spirit is talking about you, the talker. And if you can guard your mouth and your tongue, you have a chance, you have an opportunity to live a trouble-free life. Who wouldn't want that? Ecclesiastes 5.2, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. You know, when we feel like speaking our minds, what we must do is pause and take the time to get heaven's perspective on a situation. We must say, Father, what do you think about this? Father, what is your heart toward this person? Father, can you show me how you're feeling about this? Because I can guarantee you that God is long-suffering that God's kindness endures, that he is slow to anger. And so we have to get the perspective of God on a frustrating, intense situation before we speak our minds. Listen, if you would take the time to listen to the Father 
before you spoke in frustration, you would be much less eager to speak your mind or even to think that you had something significant to say. The good news is you can have heaven's perspective because remember, you have the mind of Christ. So Christ will coach you in what you should think, how you should feel, and finally, what should be allowed to come out of your mouth. Proverbs 5, verses 1 and 2. My daughter, give attention to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may observe discretion and your lips may reserve knowledge. You have to think like Christ. You must wrap your human mind with his wisdom and with his perspective. Then you'll have a chance of using your lips in a wise way, in a discreet way, in a comforting and in a stable way. Then when you allow God's wisdom to fill your brain, when you try to understand a situation in the manner that Christ understands it, then you will speak blessing and you will declare life over those with whom you're frustrated. You will use your words in a way that will deliver to you a sweet tomorrow and a future that flourishes. And in that moment, you know what else is going to happen? You will actually seem smart and not foolish because it says that your lips will reserve knowledge. You'll be talking like a wise person and you will not be talking like a fool. So the next time you feel like exploding verbally in frustration, what are you going to do? You're going to pause and you're going to say, Jesus, I want to think like you. You're going to say, Father, give me your heart concerning this situation. You're going to say, Father, I want to be slow to anger, just like you are slow to anger. Proverbs 31, verses 25 and 26. It's about the Proverbs 31 woman, and it says that she smiles at the future. Oh, don't you just love that? She smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. You know, the reason that this extraordinary woman can smile at the future is because of her mouth and her tongue. She knows that her mouth and her tongue have created a wise and kind future. When you open your mouth in wisdom and you think like God thinks, when only kindness comes out of your tongue, my friend, you will be able to smile at the future too. One thing that I've had to realize in my quest to control my tongue is that I am responsible. I am the only one responsible for the words that I speak. My husband is not responsible. I cannot and must not blame him. My children are not responsible. My parents are not responsible. The blame lies on my shoulders. I must take complete responsibility and repent often while determining fiercely to do better. My prayer is that every time you join me for the study of the Word of God, that you, as a believer in Christ, will have what I call an aha moment. An aha moment is a moment when the Holy Spirit is speaking directly to you 
and that you know you're being guided into all truth and in the ways of the Father. If you have any questions or prayer requests, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at carol at carolmccloudministries.com. Let's pray. Lord, once again, we come to you humbly and we give you our tongues. We say, Lord, take it. Lord, we want you to control what is coming out of our mouths. Lord, thank you for cleaning up our mind, for helping us to guard our hearts. And now, Lord, we're asking you to take full authority over that little muscle in the middle of our mouth. Lord, we love you and we long for our words to honor you in every way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy. As always, this is Carol McLeod, and I have loved studying the Word of God with you. I hope that you'll join me next time for more of the unmatched, powerful, restorative, and miraculous Word of God.